Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi-ho. <laughs> Welcome to Kitty's Birthday House. My brother's name is Ozzy and I'm Die Boy. Thank you for missing from Mommy's podcast. Kia ora and welcome back to another episode of Kiwi Birth Tales. Thank you so much for being here. I am your host Jordan. I'm a mum of two. I've got Jai who is almost four and Ali who's just turned two. We live in the beautiful Papamoa in New Zealand and I also have a business baby which is your birth project. Your birth project you need in your life if you're pregnant or you know someone who is. It is the best way to create your best birth. It's an online hypnobirthing course and it's designed around being inclusive of all birth types. It's got a specific section in there for birth partners. If you've got a birth partner who needs to learn a little bit more about birth, then that is the best place to start. There are so many sections in the course and I just know that it helps so many mums create their best birth. There are thousands of testimonials from mums who've done the course. So make sure you go and check that out. There will be a price increase from the start of 2024 because there's a lot of additions coming to the course. And if you secure it now, you will get access to all of the new content at the same price as well. So you'll get to keep that for nine months. You get access to everything for nine months. You can review the course and do it as many times as you like within that time. So make sure you go and check that out. All right, today I'm speaking to Millie and Millie's got two pregnancy and birth stories to share with us and they are both totally different. (laughs) I'll let Millie do the talking, but she does such a fantastic job of sharing her stories. Her second one was not without challenges in her pregnancy And both pregnancies, they've needed some support to get pregnant through Fertility Associates. So it's a really interesting episode. I know you're going to enjoy it. And if you have or have suffered from placenta previa, I think this is also an interesting one for you as well, because that was part of Millie's second birth journey. So I hope you love the episode. I would love to hear from you if you want to find me at Kiwi Birth Tales or at Your Birth Project on Instagram. Or you can find me, Jordan with a Y, at KiwiBirthTales.com. Okay, enjoy the episode and I will be back in your ears soon. Hi Millie, thanks so much for joining me on the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast today. Why don't you tell us a little bit about you and who is in your family? So I am Millie, um, married to Willie and we have two beautiful kids, our daughter Lennon who is three and a half and our little boy Reggie who is 11 weeks. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. Very cute names. Did you know that you wanted to before we even get into your pregnancy journey? Did you have them <laughs> from the start, or where where did those names come from? Yeah, so with Lennon, I'd love the name for either a boy or a girl, um, and we yeah. didn't find out the gender for that pregnancy, yeah. so it was kind of easy. Um, that way, we were like, whatever the baby is, it'll be called Lennon. Um, yeah. and then with Reggie, that is my grandfather's name. So, um, yeah, something a little bit special. Lovely. Yeah. I love Lennon too for both a boy and a girl. It's such a nice name. Yeah. And she so suits it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Cool. Awesome. Well, we're going to work through, um, your pregnancy and birth 
journey today and your just journey as a mother <laughs> so we've got lots yeah. to talk about but why don't you start us off with your journey to pregnancy I have endometriosis um, and had had a couple of surgeries um, to um, yeah, remove the endo and you know see how bad it was um, yeah. then we started trying to conceive uh, with no luck for about 18 months um, mm-hmm. and went to fertility associates um, for some extra help um, and yeah. then we had kind of a plan going forward um, in different stages and we started um, the first stage which was started taking clomiphene was on the third month of that um, and then on the fourth month they decided to monitor it with scans um, just for a little bit more assurance that mm. we were getting everything right on the dates and stuff um, and yeah that one worked um (laughs) and had a blood test well I actually secretly did the pregnancy test um (laughs) yeah (laughs) even though they tell you not to um and it was positive so went for the blood test um and that literally like an hour later was like the first person at the door at the um lab test (laughs) to (laughs) get in for my blood test um and then it must have been a couple of hours later they called me um, and said that it was positive and I was pregnant, which yeah. was super yeah. exciting. Yeah, amazing. And just before we talk a little bit more about that, with your um, like trying to conceive for around 18 months, were you getting any support from like your GP or anybody else that was um, helping you on that journey or were you sort of just left on your own for that period of time and then you sort of went and tried to find help after that how did that um, all work out yeah so um, I had been working with my gynecologist who was helping with the endo stuff a little bit um, but also um, going down the natural supplements and things like that so taking um, supporting herbs um to help alongside that fertility yeah and we had gotten on the list to do IVF so it was kind of like we knew that we had about a year of trying other methods prior yeah okay yeah yeah cool and once you found out that you were pregnant how were you feeling how did you find um those first few weeks of of yeah knowing you were pregnant and did you get many symptoms along that period of time yeah, so I couldn't believe that it was positive. I did, I think I did like 10 pregnancy tests. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> because the first one I did that came up slightly positive was like the faintest line. And I was like, yeah, it yeah. can't be. I'm just seeing the line because I want to see it. Mm. Mm. <laughs> um, and was Googling like, you know, positive pregnancy test pictures and all that kind of thing. Um, so I, I couldn't really believe that I was actually pregnant from mm-hmm. just from the um, pregnancy test. Um, yeah. And, yeah, it still seemed very unreal until it was just before we were getting our dating scan, which must have been at about six or seven weeks, um, I started feeling a little bit nauseous, which was exciting because it was only a tiny bit, um, not enough to be super sick yet. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, the dating scan was also, you know, very reassuring that we were actually pregnant and I was growing a baby um yeah and then from that point on yeah the morning sickness definitely ramped up um 
I was probably yeah nauseous all the time all day Mm. for until about 13 weeks so it wasn't too bad um yeah yeah and did you find a midwife in that time like who did you decide to go with for your care and how did you find that process yeah so my mum was a qualified midwife she's now does antenatal um classes so um she wasn't practicing or anything but she had recommendations of um, people she knew um in that profession and people she would recommend and so I went with one of them um one of the ladies who yeah I had a really nice connection with um and was also you know in the same town um yeah yeah cool and talk us through your sort of thoughts around testing and pregnancy did you do all of the standard testing that was on offer yes yeah we did all of the testing um and scans that they needed us to do yeah um we didn't find out the gender like I said just because yeah we didn't mind either way and yeah yeah, and oh, I don't know how you had the self-control to not find out. I'm just so nosy, I think, like with pregnancies. I'm like, who is this little person inside of me? Um, but I yeah. think it's so cool to have a surprise. I don't know how we did it either, to be honest, because we did find out with our <laughs> second, and yeah. I could not wait to get to that 20 weeks. So I still yes. am like, how did I, yeah. how did I hold on for that long? But somehow a yeah. miracle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. Awesome. And how were you feeling like as your pregnancy sort of went on? through the second trimester and you um managed to get over that nauseous morning sickness but all day sort of feeling um how did you find the second trimester yeah I was feeling really good I was active um still working full-time um just yeah super excited yeah it was all of those exciting feelings Mm. um and yeah the energy came back and um yeah I was feeling great it was a good it was a really good pregnancy I had um a little um at about 24 weeks I started feeling slightly crampy one morning um Mm -hmm. and then went into hospital to get checked um and everything was absolutely perfect I don't know what was going on but then yeah it was smooth sailing from that point yeah cool Awesome. And what about birth education? Did you do antenatal classes or anything to help you prepare for birth? Yeah, so we, um, up until a certain point, I was planning for a home birth um, because my mum had had like really positive home births Mm. with both me and my sister. Um, And so I had done, we did hypnobirthing um, classes and then we did antenatal classes as well, um, which, yeah, were both amazing yeah awesome cool and as you got through the sort of third trimester were you doing anything in terms of preparing for birth like internet expressing or raspberry leaf tea dates <laughs> all of the stuff that um is out there that you can try what were you were you doing anything yeah so I had started doing pregnancy yoga classes to get my body kind of prepared um and yeah. baby in the right position and then had started doing some of the spinning babies exercises oh, cool. um, yeah. that were recommended by our midwife. And then I was also I went um like from I guess about thirty nine weeks I started yeah drinking the raspberry leaf tea, the dates, yes. the spicy curries, the mm-hmm. yeah, 
side stair walking (laughs) (laughs) Um, all of the things yeah yeah anticipation just (laughs) desperate yeah Um, yeah awesome cool and talk us through that final sort of week of pregnancy how were you feeling did you end up going into spontaneous labor what were your plans if that happened um so what were you thinking about how you wanted your birth to go and then yeah talk us through what actually happened yeah so our plan really like I said I wanted initially a home birth but then changed my mind kind of yeah towards the end just thinking that I really wanted to be in the water and um yep. to not have to have a set up at home really that was the main criteria mm-hmm. um yeah, yeah. and we um lived like five minutes down the road from birth care in Auckland so um it was really easy that was our plan to birth at birth care in the water um And then, yeah, that final week, time went pretty slow and it was like the thick of summer. It was hot. So I was kind of just like sitting around sweating. Mm. (laughs) Um, And then I was 30, sorry, 40 weeks and five days. Um, And that morning I started to feel something kind of different, but still carried on with my day as normal because I had listened to – other podcasts and other birth stories and how they were like you know your labor can go on for five days so don't jump at anything initially so I was like trying to keep my mindset really calm like this could take a while let's just carry on as normal um and then yeah things definitely started to kind of like slowly yeah just get a little bit more painful mild kind of cramps throughout the day um then that night I was like well before things kind of kicked off I guess I was like okay let's go get a spicy curry let's like make sure things are gonna keep moving <laughs> yeah. Yeah. um and I remember I went to paradise in um Sandringham and the lady was like how spicy do you want it and I was like I want this baby to come out <laughs> I want it so spicy <laughs> my husband and I look like laugh about it to this day thinking that she probably looked at the chef and was like you know what to do like <laughs> yeah you know what yeah. to add in there um yeah anyway so we had that and then my husband actually had a nap and I was just like relaxing um until probably about 10 p.m things started yeah increasing and I was like I think we should probably start like putting on the timer and you know seeing how far apart these yeah. contractions are going um, at that time, I called my mum, who was like 20 minute drive away. So she started making her way over. Um, and yeah, things kind of started increasing um, in pain, I guess. Times were getting a lot shorter between contractions. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably when when she arrived, which might have been like 10 or 10.30, my mum um at the end of every contraction, I then started feeling really nauseous. Um, mm. And then I started throwing up, um, which, yeah, wouldn't recommend having a curry that close to pregnant, that close to birth. Ever <laughs> oh again. my God, as if you need like the throwing up as well as the contractions, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> just do yeah. not need it. Yeah. I know. And I, I, you know had no rest period really so I was like contracting and then I was throwing up and then I was kind of like recovering from being sick as well so there Mm. wasn't much rest so it did go pretty quick to be honest who knows if that's why but um everything definitely did speed up um 
and then the midwife came around to check me um, possibly at around one o'clock to you know, see how everything was going. Um, she did a VE um, and had then also recommended to, to try a couple of positions of the spinning babies, the side-lying one um, yeah. throughout a contraction, which I did a couple of when she was there, which were just excruciating. Um, mm. But... I guess helped um and then yeah she said I was about four or five centimeters at that point um and that she she would plan to meet me at birth care in about four or five hours which at that point I felt really kind of like oh my goodness how am I going to keep doing this for four or five hours at home as well we were in quite a small apartment in Auckland and it was you know summer it was hot um Mm. and not much space and I was like oh gosh um at that point, um, mum thinks from her experience I was actually going into transition. Mm. The midwife had already left. Um, and from, you know, I was starting to shake. I was, you know, verbally saying that I was like, you know, had, you know, was at, at a peak. Um, mm. And so mum was like, okay, I think we should start, you know, preparing ourselves to go to birth care now. Um, yeah. she started you know she called the midwife and told her that was our plan um at that point I was like whoa I had felt a shift and mm. I was like I I can feel the baby's head I was like I am <laughs> I'm pushing like I can't stop pushing like what's happening <laughs> yeah. And, yeah and it was kind of out of confusion because it was like hang on like this shouldn't be happening at this stage and and then mom was kind of like confused also um so anyway we yeah started to make our way down to the car which was in the car park so I was contracting and involuntary pushing like a couple of times before we even got out of the apartment like mm. walking down the hallway I remember stopping and like holding and contracting and like literally mm-hmm. holding my crutch being like whoa mm. um yeah in the elevator again we made it to the car and then yeah the same thing all the way to birth care I had another contraction outside of the car and I'm standing there <laughs> like, the, the midwife comes over and like gets me and helps me and we go into the elevator at birth care and then I'm still yeah same situation mm um race down into the birthing suite um and they're trying to um see if they can hear the baby's heartbeat um but now we know that the baby was way too far down um Mm. and yeah literally kind of like pulled my pants down one contraction and her head was out um and then they were like okay next contraction you know like push the baby out type scenario and mm. then there she was and it was just yeah so fast and oh <laughs> crazy and then I'm yeah. sitting there kind of holding her everything's all going on and then like 15 minutes later the midwife comes in <laughs> and she said like I can't remember what yeah I can't remember the wording but my mum was like the baby's here <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh my gosh yeah. it must like do you remember how far along you were when the midwife did your um vaginal examination at your house so she had said um she had said that it was about four or five centimeters okay um but who knows like that could have yeah. it, it might have been wrong it was a small room it was dark like I don't know 
um yeah what, could have been the spinning, still... spinning babies <laughs> exactly. who knows yeah. what it was could have been the carry <laughs> oh my gosh could have been anything <laughs> yeah yeah so it all that, that kind of second part of it happened really quick um yeah. and I remember sitting there holding Lennon and the the pool was sitting next to me and they were felt that the water was still you know they were still trying to fill it up and I was like oh that sucks <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 and how were you like how were you feeling when she was born like do you remember being like oh my gosh I can't believe that's happened so quickly are we just totally overwhelmed by the fact that she was there like what what was that that part of your birth like it was definitely more kind of shock um, yeah. and because it had all kind of happened so quickly and yeah. um, not in a very like nice, calming, lush way that I had planned with the music yeah. and the essential oils and the bath and yeah. none of that. Um, yeah. So it was definitely shock. Um, and I remember even them, the midwives who were on at birth care, obviously they were the ones who kind of delivered the baby. They were like, oh, yeah. Willie, what is the gender? And he was like, oh, you know, we, we kind of even forgotten that that was something <laughs> we didn't know, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And how did you feel finding out that she was a girl? Um, we're kind of shocked. I think we th- had thought it was a boy. Um, yeah. But also because everything was so intense, it was kind of like the like a minute part of her like the baby being here if that makes sense yeah. um yeah, yeah yeah which is really funny because before like finding out the gender at a scan it's so intense and you're so excited yes um but <laughs> yeah. when it actually happened in the birth it was like the tiniest little snippet yeah 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 and did you need any stitches or anything like that from your birth yeah so I had a second degree tear um and yeah she the midwife was doing some stitches post-birth while um Lennon was having skin to skin with Willie um which yeah seemed to take forever to be honest Mm. the stitching Mm. process (laughs) yeah yeah and they obviously give you like a local anesthetic um injection do you remember that being like uncomfortable do you remember the stitches part of your um birth yeah a tiny bit it was a little bit stingy um and because it was all kind of like so intense and stuff I kind of just wanted it to just stop and be finished and me to kind of just like take a breath and not have anyone touch me um (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it it wasn't too bad yeah and did you do like did they help you to latch Lennon on initially like how did you find um that initial feed yeah so they did help me she didn't latch like super well um Mm. I was kind of like in a funny lying down position as well so um no wonder she didn't have a super good latch um but yeah yeah cool and how did you find like the next couple of hours and that sort of first day and night in birth care and how long did you stay there for talk us through yeah the next few days yeah, so we went to our room at birth care um, and I remember just like lying in bed looking over at the little bassinet with Lennon in it and being like, holy shit, like that was a ride. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and being like, uh, we're parents now? Like, yeah, crazy. Um, yeah. And and then I remember them saying, okay, you should rest and have a nap now. And I was like, 
are you kidding? Like, <laughs> I'm tired, but I'm so wired. Like, there was no way yeah. I could have slept in that in that moment. Yeah. Um, um, and then, yeah, we were there for a couple of days. Um, breastfeeding was quite tricky. Her latch was still not good. I found it really painful um, mm. with every feed. Um, and I remember the midwives who came around um, who were working at birth care, you know, would be like, you know, keep trying, keep resisting, like you're doing good, um, even though I was still in heaps of pain um, and they could see mm. that. Um, and then it wasn't till maybe our last day that I had a really lovely midwife came on and she saw me try latch and feed and she was like, no, nah, this isn't, you can't believe like this. Let's mm. get a lactation consultant round um, to come and check Lennon's um, tongue tie and your latch and everything. Um, and that all happened really quick, like that she came around half an hour later, mm. checked um, the latch and they said that, yeah, Lennon had a little bit of tongue tie and they would get the uh, pediatrician to come around and snip it. And it all just was super quick, like all within yeah. kind of half an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, her latch, you know, hadn't really changed at that point, I think mm. just because the damage was done. Um, yeah. But that midwife also did suggest to get some nipple shields um, and start using them just so we can kind of work with the latch and help heal my nipples as well, which mm-hmm. was the best suggestion because, um, yeah, we ended up, I ended up using those for, I think it was about six weeks, um, yeah. which were great. But also by the end, I was so over trying to find these little yeah. clear shields in the middle of the night <laughs> yeah. and cleaning them oh and all God, that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we managed to, yeah, get ahead with the breastfeeding, which was great because I was really committed yeah. to being able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. And how did you find going home from birth care? Like you've got this new little person in your family and you're literally your whole life changed like overnight. Um, so how did you find, yeah, taking Lennon home and what was the adjustment to, parenthood like for you guys and how did you find the next yeah a few weeks yeah so the yeah the first couple of weeks were quite tough um I remember you know baby blues sitting in when the milk came in and I just like sitting around in the afternoon just uncontrollably crying (laughs) at Mm. anything um I remember just sitting around sitting on the couch feeding Lennon for hours she was a real cluster feeder um and I was just so emotionally fragile that my husband was like, what can I do? Like, what kind of like mm. TV show do you want to watch? What do you want to eat? Like, is there anything I can do to cheer you up? And I remember we were just scrolling through like all of the comedy movies to try just get me happy and like in a good space. Um, and <laughs> I remember watching Magic Mike and my husband was like, I can't believe I'm allowing this, but okay. <laughs> Just to try get some kind of laughter going. Um, yeah. And he had gone back to work pretty soon after she was born. So, um, yeah, it was it was quite full on. Um, she didn't mm. sleep very well during the day. Um, I look back onto it and she was having such big awake windows. Um, mm. The night times weren't too crazy, but, um, yeah, it was the daytime naps that we really struggled with um yeah yeah and I remember her not kind of being a super settled baby she Mm. 
was either, you know, cluster feeding um, or wanting contact naps. She was one of those little bubbas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and how did you find, like, mentally, um, I know you mentioned the baby blues, but it's just such an adjustment, I think, like, going from no children to one um, and experiencing, like, all of those different things, like having an unsettled baby or the cluster feeding and you've got like the added layer of nipple shields and things like that like how did you find mentally that you were able to um maybe pull yourself out of those baby blues or did you think it was just more a matter of time and then that sort of feeling um you just didn't notice as much anymore yeah I think I really struggled with the anticipation of nighttime and what was to come yeah um yeah you know, and that's, I think, why I was sitting in, in, in the afternoons where I was thinking, oh, gosh, like, what kind of night are we in for um, mm. another night of, you know, this Groundhog Day? Um, and, yeah, there wasn't really much I personally did or tried to do to get out of mm. it. It just, it, I just, I guess, in, in the back of my mind, knew that eventually it would go. Um, yeah because it wasn't an all day thing like I didn't feel like I was you know in for postnatal depression it yeah, was, it was yeah. definitely you know like set in a particular time of day um mm. so I remember talking to like my mom and other friends who had had babies um, and even my yeah. midwife and they were like you know just give it time it should kind of phase out by a couple of weeks mm. so I just yeah kind of had to settle in and um mm. know that it was all just a part of the, the you know the body's process yeah 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 and how did you find your physical recovery from birth like with the stitches and um yeah quite a like fast I guess um second half of your labor and the sort of shock that your body would have been feeling from that too how did you find your recovery that way yeah so the stitches and everything were fine I I did the old like um water bottle trick when I was going to the bathroom oh, yeah. um yeah. and um they actually healed really quick to be honest everything was so numb and kind of like swollen that it all kind of just it was like an out of bounds place I just kind of didn't pay any attention wore the adult diapers (laughs) and um didn't really focus on it um so yeah it was it, it did heal up pretty quickly the nipples were obviously a little bit slower with the nipple shields um Mm. But recovery-wise, I was okay. I think mentally, um, I probably had a little bit of like temporary PTSD just because of the pace of everything. Um, mm. And of course, you know, like you try not have these um, expectations of what and how you want your birth plan or preference to be. But you still, like, I was still kind of almost felt robbed of a birth that had been, mm. you know, for nine months. You plan this one particular day. Um, mm. And not even so much about once the baby's here. It's like seems to be all about the birth. Um, and yeah. mine was kind of like taken so quick that I was mm. like, hang on. Like, we had talked about this day for so long and it's been mm. and gone. And I, you know, nothing kind of happened that I wanted to happen. Um, yeah. So really, I, I think I struggled with that for a wee while. Just, um, yeah. And, and people were like, no, you had a great birth. It was, you know, like people would be so envious of having a mm, quick speedy mm. birth and I'm like well you know the grass is always greener um mm. sort of having a low slow relaxed uh, long slow relaxed birth and labor in the pool and just kind of like being really present to it 
was sounding quite appealing to me. So mm. I think people will always want what they yeah didn't have, I guess. Mm. Yeah, it's so interesting, isn't it? Like, I think we've all got our different, like, perspectives on what a positive birth experience is or what your ideal birth experience would have been. And, um, yeah, I think you need to, like, be able to hold space for the fact that, like, you can grieve for a birth that you wanted and didn't get even if other people might think that your birth was a really positive one so I think it's important to call out absolutely yeah cool and how did you go with the breastfeeding I know that you said that you used the nipple shields until about six weeks so did you continue breastfeeding after that and yeah talk us through that yeah I did Lennon was um, a hungry wee gal and she fed uh, breastfed till she was about two and a half um yeah she uh, it was actually quite hard to wean her to be honest she probably would still be feeding to this day if she could um <laughs> yeah but I think I had gotten to the point of um I was really busy had started a business and was kind of at capacity um and being you know physically stimulated and touched out um wasn't making me the best mom anymore mm-hmm. um yeah. and so something had to give um and we knew that she was healthy enough and old enough to go without it. So yeah, we had to mm. wean her at two and a half years. But yeah, she had a she had a good time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And did you find like I know I've spoken to mums on the podcast and through the Kiwi Birth Tales Instagram, when they weaned their child, they had like a really significant hormone shift or like noticed a really big change in their body. Did you feel any of that when you weaned Lennon? No, I didn't actually, which was mm. lucky. Um, yeah, maybe mentally I was so ready to stop. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it was and it was my choice, I guess, as well. So yeah, um, yeah, I was I was almost more excited than anything. Yeah, than any yeah. kind of like negative noticeable change. Yeah, cool. And you know, mentioned that you started a business. Um, was that? like while you were postpartum with Lennon. Do you want to talk us through that journey? Yeah, so we moved from Auckland to Whanganui when Lennon was one. Um, And I thought I wanted to be a stay-at-home mum forever. But, you know, you never know what it's going to be like. Mm -hmm. And I think when she was year um, one and a half, I was like, okay, like either we need to possibly have another baby um or what am I going to do with my career like something was kind of Mm. changing and shifting in me um and yeah the the business thing happened um I'm a beauty therapist um and in Whanganui there wasn't anywhere that I yeah I guess my um career kind of aligned with using natural Mm. products um yeah and so I found the perfect space for a clinic to go in um, and yeah, everything kind of just blossomed from there. So it's called the Slow, um, and it's yeah using all natural and non-toxic products for different beauty treatments. So mainly specialising in hands-on facials. Awesome, cool. Yeah. And we obviously know that you've got little Reggie um, now as well. So talk us through that conception journey. Did you try and conceive um, without support and? Yeah, what happened on the journey to pregnancy with him? Yeah, so it was when Lennon was about two and a half that I felt kind of like ready to be able to have another baby. Mm. Um, And I was like, okay, let's, you know, give it 
three months of us naturally trying to conceive and see what happens from then. And then if nothing, we will contact fertility associates again and kind of start that again if we needed mm-hmm. to. Three months roll by, nothing happened. And I was like, oh, here we go again, like back to the mm-hmm. devastating um, period arrival um, and then noticing everyone else around me was having their next baby and all that kind of pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, so contacted Fertility Associates. Um, there isn't a clinic in Whanganui, but they have one in Wellington. So we were kind of working with them through Zoom and phone calls. Yeah. Um, they didn't have an appointment to even talk to me on the phone for like two months. So I was like, okay, we'll, we'll take what we can get and try in between yeah. then. Um, and then they had a cancellation. So we could, could talk to them a month earlier. Um, and the plan was to start the medication again, but they wanted to try doing um, letrozole, which is another fertility drug. Um, mm-hmm. And it was a little bit easier for us to do based in Whanganui, as you didn't need any scan or monitoring with it. Um, mm-hmm. There were lesser side effects, um, and it was free um, because you didn't need the monitoring. So we were like, okay, and mm-hmm. it was just before Christmas, I think it was. So we were like, let's try that for three months and see if we can do anything, and then if not, we'll go into Clomiphene, mm-hmm. which is how we can save Lennon, um, and we kind of knew that that had worked for us. So we had yeah. a little bit of a plan We'd also gone back onto the list for IVF funding um, for, you know, whenever that was to roll about. Mm. Um, mm. And then, yeah, we managed, uh, it was first month of um, of Letrozole, nothing. And then the second month, um, I was super antsy and doing pregnancy tests, like on like when my period was still not due for another week and I was still like doing <laughs> yeah. pregnancy tests like every day like I just couldn't help yeah. myself I was like come on yeah. just another one it was almost like a drug I was addicted to it yeah, um, yeah. and then uh I had done three um pregnancy tests that month and still nothing and my period was due the next day and I was like screw it let's just do one more um and <laughs> it was I had run out of like pregnancy tests but I still had old pregnancy tests from back with Lennon um and they were like the doctor ones and they actually looked just like COVID tests um and I remember doing it and then you know giving Lennon some breakfast or something coming back and was like holy shit that is two lines that is 100 percent two lines (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah, um and Willie was at work so called him and he was like you know obviously in shock and everything um and I was still a little bit um, apprehensive because I was like, these are old tests, you know, like maybe mm. <laughs> that that pregnancy doubt started to creep in like it did yeah. with Lennon. Um, and so I went and bought um, some more tests and yeah, straight away they came up positive. So we mm-hmm. knew that we were pregnant, which is so yeah. amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Amazing, awesome, and once you sort of did the, like I'm sure you still had to do the um, <laughs> the testing through fertility associates or like a blood test or whatever to check that you're pregnant. Um, but once you knew for sure, how were you feeling? How did your first trimester go this time round? Was it different to your pregnancy with Lennon? Yeah, so it I had yeah the normal blood test just to I guess check that I even was pregnant. That was a bit of a yeah. fail, actually, because the 
lab test had lost my blood. So I was sitting around texting um, and calling the lab test being like uh, lab um, clinic to be like, have I got my results? Like, where are they? And then no one could figure out where they were. And then I mm. <laughs> ended up having to go in and do the test again. So it was quite a stressful mm. time. I was like, I just wanted yeah. to know if I was actually pregnant. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, I was when the other test came back. And then I started feeling nauseous probably at about six weeks, but it was like mm. came on yeah, thick and fast. Like I was throwing yeah. up um all day every day um and did yeah I was really really sick and I remember taking Mm. um the prescribed anti-nausea pills um I took two different ones and they did absolutely nothing found one that worked and it was like a miracle um and so I was able to just kind of get through the day um And I remember lying in bed and my husband would bring me like a piece of toast and I'd eat it still lying down. Then I'd take my Mm. anti-nausea and I'd have to let it all settle in for like 20 minutes. And then finally I was able to like move out of the bed slowly. Mm. So it was a really rough time. There were lots of times where I would call mum and be like, can you come and take Lena to school? Because I just, I can't get up. Um, And it was just me working at the clinic. So there was so much pressure and anxiety and stress within that having to cancel clients and days um, just Mm. because I physically couldn't move without throwing up Um, and had spent, you know, a few trips to ED um, getting fluids Mm. just because I couldn't keep anything down. So it was definitely um, different to my first yeah. pregnancy just because of the mm. the sickness it was yeah relentless till about 16 weeks I felt like that yeah and did they diagnose you with like hyperemesis or anything like that or was it just really bad morning sickness yeah they kind of like vaguely did um yeah and I guess they didn't want to say that too early to make me um afraid that it wasn't going to stop throughout the pregnancy mm. as well so I, that was my big concern thinking gosh what if this goes through to 40 weeks, you know, like this is going to be a really long pregnancy. Yeah. 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 And how did you feel um, about like all of the testing in your pregnancy this time around? I know that you found out the sex in this pregnancy. So yeah, talk us through um, your experience with that this time. Yep. So the same test and everything. um, They, we just did the, you know, standard testing for, um, the Down syndrome screening and the scans and everything. Um, yeah. We, yeah, so we did have a, it was at about 11 weeks when I had a bleed. Um, so we hadn't got into that 12 week mark where they do the scan and um, everything yet. Um, and that was really scary. I remember calling, um, calling or texting the midwife being like I've had a bleed I'm not sure like and they were kind of checking the color and all that kind of mm. thing um and here in Wanganui there's an early pregnancy clinic but they only open in the morning and I think it was yeah. like cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue also you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage for you learn more at uh1.com 
one o'clock that the bleed happened. So they were like, she was like, you'll have to wait until tomorrow morning to go in for a scan um, and to be seen mm. by anyone. Um, so that was really hard. It was a really long day. Um, Lennon went to mum's and me and Willie were kind of just literally sitting around on the couch, just thinking the worst, thinking that we were miscarrying. Um, mm because more blood started to come um it was never that much it was kind of only a little bit of spotting on a pad um but yeah there was a lot of anxiety around going to the bathroom and just yeah it was a really horrible time and then we Mm. went um in the morning we went to the early pregnancy clinic for a scan um yeah and they scanned and were like it's absolutely fine. Like there's a heartbeat. The baby looks fine. Like I don't, you know, they had kind of no answers. They were like, but if you do get any more bleeding, then it's a little bit Mm. more serious. So, um, you know, go straight to ED if you start to bleed again. Um, so I was initially like, Oh, okay, great. Okay. Everything's fine. Like had been reassured with the scan. We were all good. Um, and then it might have been like 24 hours later again, there was more blood. And I was like, shit, this is what they said was not good. Um, so I d- we did go straight to ED. Um, and, you know, they were so busy and I didn't get seen by anyone for like six hours. Um, so it was a very, yeah, tough waiting time, just kind of sitting around not knowing what was happening. Um and then finally it saw a doctor who did the scan. They couldn't see what they were looking for. And I remember mm. just minute, like seconds were going by so slowly. Willie was looking mm. at the screen. The doctor was looking at the screen. I was lying there just like sweating and like crying, just stressed, not mm. knowing yeah. what was happening. Um, yeah. And then the doctor was like, look, I'm just going to go get a second opinion. And, you know, they got another doctor in. I remember that time in between the doctors coming back in like just mm. looking at Willie being like this is the worst like I cannot this is so sad you know I was just so upset mm. um and then the other doctor came in and he was doing the scan and then I remember he turned the screen towards me and I was like this is where they show me the no heartbeat mm. um and mm. he was like you know there's your baby and I was like I remember just saying like is there a heartbeat where's the heartbeat and he was like yep there's a heartbeat mm. the baby's all good and I was like oh my gosh like what mm. um yeah and so they kind of just like were like you know send 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 us kind of on our way back home um yeah and I think yeah from talking to the midwife again there was like a little bit more blood over the next kind of couple of weeks but it was kind of brown and um very faint so nothing Mm. of major concern um and then I had that 12 or 13 week um scan um and that was fine and no no problems and there was kind of no bleeding after that point so Mm. it was kind of unexplained um but also I was just still really scared kind of every time I would go to the bathroom like what if there was going to be more blood there yeah yeah and did that like anxiety around um that pregnancy loss and blood and all that sort of stuff did that subside as your pregnancy went on or did you sort of feel like that way maybe in the back of your mind for your whole pregnancy how did you find that 
Yeah, so it was definitely in the forefront of my mind um, mm. a lot. Um, just kind of each week, it was like ticking by, like to mm. getting closer, I guess, to yeah, the baby eventually yeah. being there. Um, and then we had our anatomy and gender scan, which I was kind of like holding out for because I was like, that was like, I was just couldn't wait to find out what gender it was, which mm. was mm. super exciting. Um, and I remember, um, yeah, going into that thinking, you know, I bet I'm going to be a girl mom. Like I just felt it. Um, mm-hmm. but we really secretly wanted a boy anyway. They were like, it's a boy. Yay. Um, <laughs> and then they were like, but the placenta looks kind of low. Um, mm. you may have placenta previa. I'll refer you to someone else and get your midwife to chat to you. And all that kind of yeah. stuff was all brushed over. Like I was like, it's just a little blip. Yeah, we're having a boy. The baby looked healthy, all good. Mm. Um, and then, um, yeah, that afternoon, I remember the midwife calling me and just being like, it's a little bit, um, it's pretty low. Like it's completely covering your cervix, the placenta. Mm. So um, not sure what will happen. Slim chances that it would move and you'd be able to deliver naturally. Mm. But um, most likely you will have to have a um planned cesarean and she was going to then refer me to the obstetrician at the hospital um who I then saw the next day um she was super lovely the lady who we saw um and she kind of just explained more about the placenta previa um Mm. and kind of went into more details about that um yeah which was yeah all new and interesting because we I had never even heard of it or had never heard of anyone who had previously had it um Mm. and had never planned to have a cesarean either so everything was really different and new um and she explained that we would have to have the cesarean at about 36 or 37 weeks as wasn't allowed to go into natural labor at all um Mm because of the risk of hemorrhaging um and then she had said that you know I wasn't from that point on no exercise no sex um no heavy lifting like I couldn't pick up linen anymore um yeah I was pretty much like not able to do anything really Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so that was hard and it was kind of hard with linen as well she didn't really understand why I couldn't and she was you know often needing comfort and I'd have to yeah it was it was a hard time to not be able to mm. give it to her and not be able to carry her as well when it was just um us two yeah yeah and how did you find that mentally like I just think that's so challenging when you're still relatively early in your pregnancy and you've got like a long time to go and then uh, you know is telling you that you need to be on bed rest and not doing all of these things that you would otherwise be doing um so how did you find that yeah, initially I was like, okay, that's cool. We'll just, you know, we'll just tackle this. Um, and then mm. I definitely found it mentally hard not being able to exercise um, mm. and have kind of my release, I guess, with just being like a busy working mom, running the business. Yeah. Um, yeah. Me having exercise and having me time, I had forgotten that I was actually really reliant on it mm. for mm. like the mental clarity and stuff. Um, yeah. So that was tricky um yeah but it was definitely like wow we've still got 20 weeks of this um Mm. so but then I guess also another thing is that it was at least 
I, I kind of had an understanding as to why we had bled um, and maybe it wasn't, you know, the miscarriage that we thought was going to happen um, mm. and kind of had a reason for what was going on, which was, yeah. I guess, reassuring um, to then not have to worry about that and, and kind of have an understanding as to it's the placenta, that's kind of what's happening yeah. in my body rather than it's got anything to do with the baby um, yeah. as such. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. And what sort of happened from there? Like I've read, <laughs> I've read your story submission, so I know, um, I know a little bit about what's happened. So talk us through, um, yeah, the rest of your pregnancy journey and what happens next. Yeah. So um, from that point on, at about twenty-two weeks, I um, went to the bathroom one night um, before bed, and there was blood, and I was like, "Shit, okay, not good." called the midwife um and I was like we're bleeding um she was like okay go straight to hospital I'll see you there um lucky my mum just lives like five minutes down the road so she came um over and was with Lennon um and Willie mm. and I went to hospital um they did all of the tests and everything and um everything was fine but, but they wanted me to stay in overnight just to check on it, mm-hmm. if there was any more blood loss as well um I had a little bit of blood loss that kind of next morning which they then gave me a steroid to make sure my uterus didn't contract um to keep everything put there Mm. was behind the scenes um I think everyone was quite worried considering it was so early the baby wouldn't Mm. be viable um and I remember friends asking me like how are you feeling like are you worried and I was like no like I feel fine for some reason, I wasn't stressed at that point mm. um, about losing the baby. I just kind of was like, you know, I think subconsciously I had joined a Facebook group worldwide for women with placenta previa and mm-hmm. there was so much talk on there about people having bleeds. So in the back mm-hmm. of my mind, mm-hmm. I knew that bleeding was just a part of this pregnancy um, yeah. and that it wasn't going to be the deciding factor. um so yeah I ended up staying in hospital on bed rest for a couple of days and they were like you know pretty much strict bed rest from here on out um and the obstetrician had thought that she would be seeing a lot more of me through different bleeds throughout the rest of the pregnancy um Mm -hmm. from 23 weeks to 32 weeks if I was to have any more bleeds I would be sent straight down to Wellington um because Mm -hmm that's where they can look after babies of that gestation. But if it was after 32 weeks, then I would be able to stay in Whanganui. So Mm -hmm. that was definitely like a ballpark figure. Like once we got to 32 weeks, I was like, okay, we're kind of like safe Mm. in this Mm. area. Um, And we didn't have to deal with Wellington issues. So yeah, yeah, we kind of finally each week ticking off and after like just so many appointments, like I had to have extra scans was seeing the obstetrician heaps, still seeing the midwife lots. Um, so there was just a lot of different appointments mm. um, that was kind of keeping me pretty busy. <laughs> um, yeah. In that time, I remember having like a couple of weeks where I had really bad headaches. Um, lots of my skin was really itchy at night. Like I would just sit on the couch scratching, scratching, scratching. Um, mm. And then those kind of symptoms went away eventually which was great 
Um, and then they, I had a date booked in for our cesarean, which was going to be at 36 and 5. Um, mm. And that was at, on the 21st of September. So I was like, yay, we've got a date. And it was kind of so weird knowing that we had a date planned, mm. um, considering, you know, when you go into natural labor, you've just got no idea when the baby's going to come. So that <laughs> yeah. was really handy as, as well with the business to be able to know you know the yeah. date exactly <laughs> um yeah so yeah to get to that point it was just really slow like I remember you know just each week we were like ticking off getting slowly to that point um and then it was on the 31st of August I woke up that morning feeling super nauseous like I had morning sickness again and mm. I was I remember thinking to myself we are done like we are done with this the, this baby I'm not having any more I cannot do morning sickness again mm-hmm. um yeah. and it was just such a weird morning I called mom and I was like can you come take Lynn into school like I just I need to stay in bed I just do not feel well mm. so stayed in bed watching Lovers Blind all morning <laughs> and then um threw up at about one o'clock um and then I remember just sitting back down and thinking oh and I felt it like I felt the blood come and I was like holy Mm -hmm. shit grabbed my phone ran to the toilet um and it was like someone had turned on the tap the amount of blood Mm -hmm. that was pouring out of me it was crazy um luckily I had my phone with me so I quickly called mom and I was like we need to go to hospital come here straight away she was only five minutes away, which is awesome. Um, I remember sitting on the toilet with this blood pouring out of me thinking, like, how am I even going to move off here without blood being mm. everywhere? Like, it, when's this mm. going to stop? Reassuringly, though, I could still feel the baby move inside of me. Um, so I could still feel that movement, which was good. So I wasn't in too much of a panic, um, apart from seeing so much blood. Um, mm. Managed to slow the bleeding a little bit put on an adult diaper um, and hop into mum's car. We raced to the hospital and then, yeah, we were in maternity and like, honestly, there was about 20 different um, people in there, nurses, midwives, obstetricians, um, mm. anaesthetists, everyone was in there, I guess, um, kind of checking everything over. The, um, I guess the kind of, elective a collective decision was made to do an emergency cesarean that afternoon just to mm-hmm. um quote unquote what my midwife said let's quit while we're we're winning um just because they didn't want any more blood and didn't know mm. you know how how things would pan out if there was more of a hemorrhage um yeah. so yeah I was getting prepped for theater I was yeah I remember Willie made it in the nick of time he works half an hour away um, and during that time he was kind of racing back to get to the hospital. Um, mm. and yeah, he's literally walking in the corridor as I'm getting wheeled into theater. So he like, when mm. he got changed, came in, um, <laughs> which was really lucky. And then, yeah, they did a, um, they didn't know throughout the plan if it was going to be a, um, spinal block or a, um, general anesthetic, um, mm-hmm. my preference was a spinal so I could be kind of present and awake and have a, you yeah. know, Willie or mum in there with me so they were like we'll start with a spinal and if things go you know funny then we'll do a general so that was kind of the plan yeah. so I started with a spinal um, 
and then yeah I remember just it was awful feeling just so nauseous I couldn't Mm. breathe the anxiety was just intense and I there were definitely moments in it where I was thinking maybe I'll just ask for a general maybe I can just be wiped out Mm. because I don't want to be a part of this at the moment like it was just I was just felt rotten um then had started throwing up so like throwing up in that process like unable to move Mm. my head to the side like it was just so unpleasant um and then yeah finally um so they did a cesarean they did a um so a vertical classical incision so the cut went from my belly button to my pubic bone Mm-hmm. Um, and they had to do that type of incision rather than um, the horizontal one um, because the placenta, not only was it um, previa and completely covering the cervix, it was slightly anterior. So where they would have done that normal cut, that was where mm. the placenta was. And so if they had have done that, it would have just cut straight through the placenta and yeah, right, hemorrhage yeah. would have been maybe uncontrollable. Um, yeah. so they kind of had to reassess, um, even though a classical vertical incision wasn't like really done, I don't think Wangan in the hospital had ever done one. Cause I remember mm. <laughs> they were like, can this person come watch? Can this person come watch? Like there was just, <laughs> everyone was kind of a bit yeah. about it cause it wasn't the norm, yeah. um, as well yeah. as being placenta previous. So in high risk. So everyone was kind of super hands-on and interested. Yeah. Um, and I was like, that's fine. Like, if this is going to be a learning curve for everyone, then, like, mm. that's totally cool because, you know, this is what happens in the real world. Um, mm. So, yeah, they cut me open and Reggie came out. Um, he actually came out still in the sack, which was awesome. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, he, you know, went and had his checks and everything and there. Um yeah at at that point I remember because of my fear from getting to hospital to that point was so much about the safety um and health of Mm. my baby I was I felt Mm. really stressed and I remember just thinking and saying like a hundred times is he okay is the baby Mm. okay like what's happening and just just being feeling a lot of stress um Mm. and you know every time they'd be like yep he's doing good and but I just because he wasn't on me and next to me, mm. I just felt that mm. stress and kind of that, um, really that fear. Um, and then, yeah, and then finally he was still, yeah, he was there and he was next to me and I was still like, is he okay? Like, is he breathing? Mm. Um, yeah. And then finally, yeah, we went into recovery and I get to, I get to um, hold him and he was still on me for a little bit, um, which was really nice. Um and then they took him to Skibu. So Willie went with Reggie to Skibu. Um, yeah. And I went into the maternity ward with mum. And yeah, so Reggie was doing really well. They weren't worried about him or anything, but they needed to keep him in there for monitoring and everything. Um, so yeah, his gestation was 33 and five days. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, he was pretty early. He was mm. born at five pounds two. So they were really happy with that weight mm. considering yeah. his gestation. So there wasn't too yeah. much fear around that. Um, yeah. And actually, as we were going through the um, pregnancy, I remember them saying, um, you know, he's 
you know measuring quite big so mm. we're not too worried about him coming early and that sort of thing which which is really mm. reassuring um yeah. and then so yeah while he was in Skibu he had the CPAP machine on for a couple of hours just to help with his breathing and I guess stress from birth um mm. and yeah and then he was okay and they kind of I think it was that night they wheeled me in in the bed to go and see him to have some skin and skin and skin and then um to try and latch to be honest all of this was a bit of a blur just because of mm-hmm. the drugs and you know everything yeah um and I was still completely lying down which was just such a strange way to kind of like mm. you know try and I could I remember they had to lift the raise the bed up so high for me to be able to see inside the incubator because the incubator mm. is actually really high. There are eye levels, so, well, hand levels. So it was <laughs> it was really funny. The nurse was really short mm. and the bed was so high she couldn't even, like, <laughs> reach me up on the bed. Oh, no. um, <laughs> um, and then, yeah, so tried to latch him and not much luck. I mean, he was tiny. His mouth was small. He had a really, um, yeah, it was definitely there was not much of a latch the mm. um the nurses in skibo were amazing though from the get-go they were like um here's a nipple shield put this on because um you know his latch is going to be really shallow and he's going to be really weak mm. so he needs kind of all the help he can get um but from my experience with using nipple shields with lenin i wasn't worried about that at all and i was like oh yeah i know how these work like and they worked so i was kind of yeah glad to be using something that helped um and he definitely, you know, latched with them and he was able to, you know, try and start feeding and stimulating my supply. So from yeah. kind of that point on, it was three hourly. So it was, you know, I would go in, feed him um, and then go back to the room and hand express um, for a little bit to try to get any colostrum. Um, and then they would feed that to him via syringe. Um, and I remember it just being the smallest amounts, like it was, you know, 0.1 mil, like one drop. And I'd mm. be like, yes, mm. this is so good. <laughs> um, and yeah. then another, the other side would get nothing. And I'd be like, oh. Um, and it went on kind of like that for a couple of days, just barely anything. Um, and I remember the pressure kind of started to rise with the Skaboon nurses that were like, you know, he he's going to need to feed soon. Um, mm. You know, we're going to have, we might have to do some top ups. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I just, me personally, because of my breastfeeding with Lena and I was like, I cannot, like I know how to breastfeed. My body can do this. Mm. And I just really didn't want to ha- him to have formula as well as being so early. I just knew that my breast milk was the best thing for him. Yeah. Um, and we were really lucky because a nurse in Skibu had suggested maybe we could try and get our hands on some, um, donor milk oh yeah and Wanganui there wasn't any there wasn't a donor um a milk bank but there was one in Palms mm. the North which is an hour away so we had teed that up and my husband went to pick it up um that afternoon like on day two I think it was um and he got six yeah. bottles which was amazing so mm. then we were able to start giving Reggie some of that um through the syringe um and then they ended up putting a feeding tube in to be able to give it to him that way um so yeah so I would still breastfeed um to try get the supply then they would give him the top up with the express so the donor milk and then I would do pumping um yeah and then 
yeah so it, that kind of was the start um and anything I guess that I got from the pumping which to be honest at that point wasn't much they would give him before mm. the donor milk yeah um and then it was about day four and they were like um they were wanting to discharge me from maternity ward and move mm. me in to um be called it's called mother crafting when you're in there with a baby who's in skibu so I was a patient I wasn't a patient of the hospital anymore I was kind yeah. of Reggie's guest I guess um mm-hmm. and so I moved rooms and it was right next door to skibu anyway so it was really easy being that close to him mm-hmm. I was only a couple of doors down prior but it was yeah really nice and close um yeah. and so yeah I think that night that I was in there it all came on like the milk came in my boobs were super engorged Willie was no longer staying with me in hospital because like he couldn't anymore um Mm. and I was so I remember just being there alone yeah and just yeah definitely feeling the baby blues come on then and just Mm. kind of Mm. having a bit of a cry um but there was also that relief of knowing that my milk had come in which was yeah really really good so I was able to feed him more um breastfeeding and then yeah, I guess as the days kind of went on and that milk came in, we didn't need the donor milk so much. My pumping supply was enough to then feed him through the tube after breastfeeding um, because his latch and suck and everything wasn't that strong. He wasn't able to get Mm. as much milk as they were happy with through breastfeeding. So they were still doing top ups um, for about a week. Um, and so he eventually came out of the incubator and was in a hot cot, um, still with the feeding tube. And then once he came off monitoring, they were like, we can move the hot cot into the room with you, which was really cool. Um, and yeah, they were still checking his weight and he was progressing really well. He was, you know, he was gaining little bit by little bit, not much. He was still tiny. Um, Mm. and then yeah went what happened next I think um slowly they were like every time they took we took him out of the hot cot they would check his temperature so he was dressed Mm. in so many different layers plus blankets and he was in this heated hot cot so the you know the main goal was to get him um stabilizing his own temperature so there was every time he was up it was a temperature check um, and they were seeing how it was going and then eventually they started being able to turn the temperature down to nothing which was really amazing um, and so each I guess stage it was getting closer to us being able to take him home into you know the normal um, mm. a normal household and no support um, of yeah. the hospital so yeah and then they managed to they were happy with his breastfeeding and um they wanted to make sure he had gained enough weight from exclusive breastfeeding before they took out the nasal tube. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we had to make sure he was, you know, gaining enough just from exclusive breastfeeding, no top ups yeah. for a couple of days. Um, and yeah. that was all good. He was progressing well. So the tube came out. Um, and so we were still in there for maybe a couple of days after that to make sure everything was still doing as it, you know, he was still gaining weight as he should. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and so he, he was in there for ten days total, and then we got to take him home. Um, wow, that is that's incredible! After yeah, being born so early, right? Yeah, he was doing so well, and everyone was really impressed with how well he was progressing and reaching his milestones. So 
yeah. I remember people thinking that we might have, you know, and midwives and the doctors and stuff thinking that we might have been in there for another month. Um, yeah. But he was doing so well and, you know, had, had such a good birth weight as well, which was definitely yeah. on his side. But so we were still in hospital and I remember watch, looking at Reggie while he was still, while he was sleeping and I saw his kind of tongue. And I was like, oh, I think he's tongue tied. Like I saw the band um, oh. and I remember asking the doctors um, and the midwives and nurses and stuff, you know, do you think he's tongue tied? And in Wanganu Hospital, they're actually anti kind of tongue tie snuffing. It's just uh-huh. the pediatricians are, are not for it at that particular hospital. Yeah. So talking to friends who had had babies in that hospital as well and they said there's a place um there's a doctor's clinic in palmerston north that you can take them to privately and they can sniff mm-hmm. it so we managed to get a booking on um the week after we got back from got back home so we had to take him down there to get that snapped which was good because i mean he was already going to have you know his um young gestation you know being hard enough on his muscles and strength and small mouth and mouth and everything we didn't Mm. need any extra complications with latching so I was like let's just get that sorted before we try come off the nipple shields as well um yeah which I managed to stop using them after about two weeks of being at home so I'm only probably Mm. using for yeah I guess three four-ish weeks which was really good um his latch was strong enough and yeah, there was no damage to my nipples, which was the best thing. So we weren't kind of on the back foot. Mm. Yeah, awesome. And how did you feel taking him home? Like, did you have any anxiety about like him being born prematurely and just like being in Skibu and you've obviously got like the doctors and nurses around should you need them? Or did you just feel like confident and ready that he was ready to go home? How did you find that? Yeah, so it was a bit of a funny feeling. Like, it was like, yay, mm. our baby's progressed. He's doing really well. We can go home. Like, we don't need that support. And everything was looking really good. Um, but it was also, yeah, that kind of scare and fearfulness of being mm. all on our own and not having that support 24-7. Um, so Willie had planned to take two weeks off work, which was amazing to be able to help me. Um because I guess of the recovery of um, my wound as well. So while I was still mm. in hospital, we noticed actually it had started to be, and become infected in a certain spot. So I was on antibiotics, mm-hmm. um, which, yeah, it, it was just really slow at healing and just so hard to be able to rest and recover when you're, you know, yeah. up and all that kind of thing. So, yeah. yeah, I was a little bit worried about coming home, but I was like, let's just rip the bandaid off. Let's just get home and get mm. into a um but yeah it took it took probably a good week I guess of settling in and it's like it was like a whole nother kind of um baby blues in a way when we got home Mm -hmm. it was like yeah just kind of I don't know this like weird kind of feeling of just being like well we're here Mm. a strange kind of feeling of loneliness because when you're in the hospital it's like all go it's all hands-on and there's Mm. these nurses Mm. just so caring and helpful and amazing and you know that you're just like in the arms of the hospital if anything was to go wrong um yeah so I remember yeah definitely feeling that kind of settling in period was quite tough and still feeling really fragile emotionally and having little breakdowns Mm. and stuff um and then yeah I guess we were still doing some of the things like I, I was cautiously like still 
wrapping him in lots of merino clothing and blankets mm-hmm. and keeping the rooms yeah. really warm, um, checking his temperature, um, you know, for a good couple of weeks to make sure he was still okay because I was just worried mm. that, you know, that was the easiest way we could find out if he was warm enough. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it was yeah definitely an adjustment period coming home and kind of settling in with, like, um, a premature baby and then like Lennon mm. who was at daycare and the germs and I was like don't touch him I was just like you know <laughs> yeah. but trying yeah, not to be yeah. too precious, precious about it so I remember we like, yeah. got home and put hand sanitizer like bottles of hand sanitizer all over the house for like anyone who was to come inside um yeah. you know I was really conscious of yeah that Mm-hmm. yeah I know that's that's really hard when you've got an older child out in the world <laughs> and picking up lots of germs and probably yeah even more so when you've got um a baby who's born prematurely so I can definitely understand that and yeah how did you find the um like transition from one to two and how did Lennon go adjusting to being a big sister like how did you find all of that Yes, yeah, so it was, she was actually really good. She felt it really tough when I was still in hospital with Reggie for those 10 days. Luckily, yeah. she was with mum, but she was definitely playing up and she was really emotional and sensitive and fragile yeah. with the yeah. whole time, um, which was oh, so hard on me. I remember her coming in mm. and to the hospital to visit me and stuff and she just wouldn't want to leave and she'd be screaming down the mm. halls and I was like, yeah. my heart was breaking for her. Um, yeah so it was a tough time then but once we were home actually she settled in so well she um yeah she kind of the age gap for us I think has been perfect um there hasn't been much jealousy she's not rough she's really gentle she's super helpful if I need her to go grab something I mean there's definitely Mm. times where she's like running around super loud and she wakes Richie up and I'm like oh can you not but (laughs) All in all, she's a really great big sister. And yeah, it'll done yeah. to her little role super well. Good girl. <laughs> cool. And what about your physical recovery from the C-section? Like, obviously, such a different birth to your first. So, how did you find the recovery this time? And yeah, the comparison to a vaginal birth. <sighs> yeah, such a different birth. And mm. um, yeah, from having a vaginal birth the first time around was like not really noticing any recovery mm. um this time round was awful to be honest the pain yeah are, yeah was just not pleasant it was painful all the time that infection lasted for quite a while mm. I ended up getting five different infection sites throughout mm, yeah. I think it was about yeah 10 weeks so I only just yeah. stopped being infected in an area like last couple of weeks so mm. the, the healing process has taken a really long time. Um, and, yeah, it, that vertical incision is huge. It, um, mm. you, you cannot wear any underwear that makes it comfortable because cause it's from the belly button. It's like yeah. the high-waisted stuff kind of hits the top and the low-waisted, like, pregnancy maternity underwear that would go under your belly would hit the bottom of the, the incision. Mm. So mm. there was no way. And then... I couldn't not wear any underwear because I was still bleeding. Um, yeah. Which, so, the, yeah, it was just, it was so hard to um, to be comfortable, really, um, with anything yeah. I was wearing. And then even I felt like if I didn't wear anything at all, any clothing that touched the incision was, it was so sore. Like, it was just really sensitive. Mm. 
So yeah, yeah the, the healing process has been really, really rough. Um, yeah. Just in compa- comparison to having nothing the first mm. time around. Yeah. 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 No, I can just, I've had a, I've had both a cesarean and a vaginal birth, but mm. um, the standard incision with a cesarean and like that was difficult enough to find like comfortable <laughs> underwear. So yeah, I can't imagine it with a vertical um, incision and like different infection sites. It's just, yeah, awful. Um, and how do you find it now? Like I know Reggie's only 11 weeks old. So are you still noticing any like discomfort or challenges with um, having had a C-section? Yeah, I mean, it's been so slow and because I've, um, because of the infection, it's like, it's been hard to be able to know like what I can and can't do as well. Like the generic, like six week mark mm. for most other people's cesareans. For me, it kind of like I was still infected by 10 weeks. So it was like, <laughs> everything was just so slow. Um, mm. And, you know, after having a cesarean, I felt like my tummy was still kind of really puffy and, um, mm. inflamed and swollen for quite some time so mentally I was like oh I kind of wanted to get back exercising um, yeah and to kind of start feeling good again but everything was so much slower that I couldn't because of the recovery so mm. um, my midwife has now said that I can get back kind of like properly exercising from three months so I've got another yeah. week <laughs> and I can maybe get yeah. back to the gym <laughs> but I've been you know like yeah. walking and things like that and able to lift um you know the pram and things like that I still don't really carry Lennon she's really tall and I think she's Mm. quite heavy so um I guess from not carrying her for the last almost year I've kind of just gotten out of the habit of that um which is good (laughs) yeah but yeah I think um just from taking so many antibiotics as well like my gut health wasn't good I wasn't feeling the Mm. best I felt like my tummy was like such a um reminder from what I had gone through that I couldn't kind of like recover from if that makes sense like Mm. I was like you know Mm. like it was just still continuing um which was just a daily reminder that um yeah I kind of didn't have my own body back um Mm. which was really hard it's yeah just been such a slow long recovery yeah 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 that is difficult right like you've got a new baby who was born early and a toddler running around and all of these different things like trying to add the layer of um, a challenging birth recovery is yeah really hard yeah and I mean I'd still, I was still even having like appointments like the um, district nurses were coming around to check mm. the wound and dress it and um, then yeah. just do different swabs and it was just yeah pretty relentless I'm, like I was still having mm. the midwife come around and the nurses and then plunkets started coming and I was still seeing the obstetrician like there was still just so many <laughs> things mm. and I just wanted it to kind of settle and yeah calm yeah. down a little bit yeah 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 fair enough and how are you finding life as a mom of two now and yeah talk us through what that looks like for you day to day at the moment yeah, so thankfully for daycare, um, Lennon goes there pretty much full time. So yeah. yeah, it's kind of um the hustle of getting everyone ready and out of the door and drop offs, um, and then kind of yeah, doing work throughout the day, which yeah. I've never been able to stop. I do have an employee who's been able to keep, you know, um doing treatments at the clinic, which has been yeah. amazing. But the other side yeah. of the business, the admin side and everything, I still 
have never been able to switch off from the whole time, mm. which mm. is very consuming. Um, yeah, so there, yeah, there's definitely been days where I've just been really overwhelmed with the, mm. you know, lack of sleep, um, stress, and just kind of overwhelm. Um, mm. But yeah, we're getting <laughs> we're getting through it. Um, mm. Yeah. It's really hard, I think, like, it's just when you can't actually switch off, like, you'd typically go on parental leave, right, from a job, um, mm. but owning your own business, like, even having to do the admin side of it is a lot. I've I found that really challenging with Ali, so I can definitely relate to that experience of just, like, not actually just being able to fully switch off and just be you and your baby. There's always something else that you need to do, um, which can be, yeah, really hard. Absolutely. Yeah. Just not having that switch off and, and to be present. Um, yeah. You, you kind of never get to have a day off really. Hey, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a blessing and a curse, you know? <laughs> yeah, it is for sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> awesome. And is there anything else that we haven't covered that you feel like is important in your story that you want to add? I remember um, kind of another part of the baby blues that, I was dealing with this time that I hadn't with Lennon was um, that I felt like I was grieving the loss of my pregnancy because of having a premature baby mm-hmm. and having him yeah. so early. Um, so that was an interesting thing to navigate was, yeah, feeling that kind of loss and grief over my mm. pregnancy, which just seemed so yeah. crazy and strange because the whole time you're so excited and amped for the baby to be born. Yeah. But then, because it happened so quick and early, I was like, hang on, yeah. where's my pregnancy? That, you know, my big belly yeah. and just feeling that kind of like that beauty and the excitement as well. So yeah. that was an interesting thing um, to be dealing with this time around that I, yeah, didn't the first as well. And I'm sure if anyone also had had a premature baby, they'd probably have felt similar. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a really good shout. Like so many mums will feel the same way who've had a premature baby. So yeah, thank you for sharing that. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Millie, for coming on the podcast and sharing your stories with me today. I've really loved talking to you and I know that, um, yeah, there'll be a lot of people who take something from your episode, um, but in particular, the placenta previa, um, I think is a really important topic to discuss and raise awareness about and just help um, those who might be experiencing something similar hear a story that is similar to theirs. So I'm very grateful for you coming on the podcast today and sharing with us. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Kiwi Birth Tales. I hope you have enjoyed it and I really appreciate you being here. Wherever you're listening, if you've got the option to leave me a star review, that would be amazing. I love hearing from you and it helps other people find the podcast as well. I'd also love to hear from you on Instagram if you want to find me at Kiwi Birth Tales or send me an email, Jordan with a Y at KiwiBirthTales.com. I will be back in your ears next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.